0: You are listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. I am your host, Austin, and I am here with our other host, Mike. Hello. Tonight we're going to be talking about baneful magics hexes, curses, jinxes, binds, you name it. So, with that being said, let's go ahead
1: and start. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing all right. Been a good day. No complaints. Sounds good. Same. Same. You've been busy. I've been busy. (laughs) Rehearsing a lot for an upcoming performance. Yes, I have been singing lots and lots of Pinkerton. All right. Okay. Well, let's let's dive in. So, this is this particular podcast episode is one I think we've wanted to do for a while, mainly because the content uh, is is something that is. Well, we'll just say it's it's contested kinds of information. You know, like everybody that you talk to is gonna have very different opinions, some of them very strong opinions on the goods and or bads, you know, the ethics, the morals of baneful magic. And we are both baneful practitioners. Right? We are very much hex positive. We, we do we do we do lots of different things. But yes, we are I, as you say, I would say we are our hex positive. So
0: I, I will say something that is really cool that I've noticed is that Baneful magic has become less stigmatized in the last couple years. Mm -hmm. um, And I think that's due to a lot of the contemporary voices in witchcraft we have today. Mm -hmm. People like um, Devin Hunter, uh, Cindy Brannon, oh, I'm trying to think of some other, uh, Dorothy Morrison. Yeah. Um, and, And it's really refreshing because up until about a couple years ago, you just, no one did it. No one did Baneful Magic. No one ever did Binds. Or well, anything. I mean, we'll, we'll say publicly. That's what I meant. Okay.
1: You know, like, no one did that. And now it's like, it's pretty open. Do you think, I mean, because this is something that occurred to me <clears throat> around the, along those lines, um, in, say, the last... We'll just say the last decade or so. I think it's been a little bit longer than that, to be honest. But within the last decade or so, there's been a lot of focus shifted to hoodoo, conjure, uh, Appalachia crafts, traditions, these kinds of things. You know, we'll we'll say like like maybe things that are non Wiccan in origin. We'll just say that, or things that maybe we don't even associate with Eurocentric witchcraft traditions. Okay. Um and in many of those traditions, um, there isn't really the stigma or the the belief or the idea that baneful workings, curses, hexes, whatever, that these are bad things. You shouldn't do these things. You know, and I think the reason for that primarily is that most of those traditions in their original practice were removed of the pressures of Christianity, because that's where we get things like, Oh, you shouldn't do this, law of return, rule of three, so much of that is really daddy's Christian watching Christian nonsense that's been kind of carried over into Witchcraft practice. Um, so do you think that the kind of the I won't say overall acceptance, but m- the more more acceptance that we're seeing for baneful magic is could have something to do with that? <clears throat>
0: I would say I would say yes, that's that's actually something I didn't want to bring up. Um, I was thinking about that while we were doing the introductions, but i I, I hesitate because once again, I I find myself in, in in a place where I want to respect um, traditions like hoodoo. Um, I am a conjure worker, but you know, I I, I don't. I, I find it's
1: a hot button topic
0: when we drop words exactly. like
1: that. Well, I suppose we should probably just 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 to clarify the comment I was making a moment ago. Um, it is not that these practices like hoodoo, these communities It's not. That, it's not that that's all about baneful working. No. and baneful magic. I mean, the, there's you know there's you know, healing, I mean, those, those traditions and practices do everything that you're going to find other, like Eurocentric, or Eurocentric witchcraft traditions doing, at least, you know, as far as, like, workings and spell work, um, so I just want to clarify that, in no way am I, am I, was, you know, was I trying to imply that, that these other types of traditions were, um, you know, baneful in, in, you know, entirely in nature, um, so, okay, all right, well, let's, let's talk a little bit about, um, the difference between these things, I want you to, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit and then I'm going to turn this over to you, okay? Um, the differences between binds, hexes, and curses. Now, I think in a lot of traditions, we're going to find that binds are those workings that you want to do when you really basically just need to stop or prevent something, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's the in essence, that's that's what a bind is. You're yeah. binding something. You're saying, no, you can't do this. Or, you're no, this is not it. going to happen. You are stopping something. Um Hexes, you know, to my understanding and, and, and a lot of, again, I want to say in other practices and traditions, hexes are really going to be kind of like like a step up from a bind, right? Where they can have some of the same properties that a bind would. But hexes actually have, I think, a bit more to do with control over a target, right? Like you are basically telling this target, you're you're going to do this or else, you know, this could be the consequence you have to... to to meet, or you can only do this because this other path has now been removed. You cannot, you no longer have this option, you know? Um, And curse is really pretty much like, if you're going to the extent that you need to curse someone, like you really just, you just don't care anymore. You're just like, I don't care. You know, I've tried to handle this ideally. I've tried to handle this in every other way I can think of. I've given you chance after chance after chance to behave and you just won't get it. So never mind. we're done and I'm just gonna ruin you. You're done. you mentioned jinx, a jinx at the beginning of the uh, episode or in your introduction. So, how would you define a jinx? A jinx is more
0: akin to an energetic barb okay. or a very short lived mm-hmm. evil eye. Okay. Um, a jinx is. You've flung just enough chaotic discourse, or, or switched that person's luck around just enough that they catch their belt loop on the door, and the door doesn't get hurt, but their pants get ripped, and now their ass is showing. You know, it's it's something like that. A jinx is far more petty than a hex. Okay. Um. Jinxes generally don't stick around Mm. longer than. Maybe a day, and that's if it's a really talented practitioner who actively, knowingly cast this jinx. Okay. Jinxes usually don't also don't usually
1: require much in the other than. I, I was just going to ask you to clarify that. So would you say jinxes are? Um, Jinxes, it would seem to me that jinxes are something that a lot of people do uh, unconsciously. Yes. You know, like somebody cuts you off on the freeway and, you know, you kind of, you know, and, you know, and without realizing it, you've, you've kind of sent a little bit of intent at that person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and obviously that's not going to be the case every time because, you know, we all have a moment where we lose our patience or we lose our temper and we're not always jinxing, but, but it would seem to me that unlike the others, a jinx would be something that could, could be fairly effectively done without a lot of spell prep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's, let's give, let's give our listeners some examples. So what would you use a bind for, Austin? Like, if you're going to, say, just, just you know, textbook, you know, like, whatever. You know, like, somebody comes to you, you need to do a working for a client, and you're asked to do a bind. Um, what, what would you do a bind for? I would do a bind. Oh, a yawn's coming. You're yawning on
0: our podcast episode? <sighs> Sorry, it's been a long day for me. Also, oh. I've been singing a lot, so it's all very open. I see. Um, a bind, like we said, halts behavior. So I would use it to halt a... Specific thing that individual is doing. Um, there are different binds. I'm sure everyone is familiar with a freezer bind.
1: The freezer bind. The freezer, yeah. freezer bind. It's yeah. it's
0: really simple. It's really easy, um, which is used to halt harm or halt the actions of someone. A lot of people don't get too specific when they do it, Mm -hmm. simply because they've never been taught to be specific about it. But you can utilize a freezer bind to stop a particular action Mm -hmm. or... I'm trying to think of a word. Action or trait, I guess.
1: Okay, so, all right. Okay, yeah. Actions, behaviors. <laughs> Behavior is what I mean. Um, um, know, uh, intense. Yes. You know? um,
0: yeah. Of a specific person and even a specific situation to halt, as long as you're a little bit more specific around it. Okay. Usually you'll want to do the freezer bind though, on, like, fiery things. So if someone's really angry, mm-hmm. using that to help bind their
1: anger and cool it off. Okay, but I mean, in, in the freezer bind, you mentioned that's, you know, that's a one example of a bind that is fairly simple, mm-hmm. you know, but even then there are many ways that you can do a freezer bind, um, you know, other things too, like, you know, like uh, knots and, and cord spells, mm-hmm. you know, those work really effectively for binds. Um, what about a, a hex? Like, what would you utilize a hex for? Strangely enough, I use hexes for protection. Oh, all right,
0: You want? can you explain that? I will place a hex on something, and when that hex is, I guess, activated, almost like a contingency. Okay,
1: so like whoever, like if somebody does something that you don't want them to do. Then
0: it activates. Okay. Yes, so it's, it's not a bind, but if this person does this, then this will happen. So if this person speaks ill of me, then they will always be sick. Bite their tongue. They will bite or their hurts. tongue. Okay. Or they will <laughs> always have a sore throat. Okay. Until they can only speak sweet words. Okay. So hexes kind of give
1: people an opportunity to- Be better. Be better. Yes. They no. won't, but it gives them well, an opportunity. Well, you know, sometimes people, you know, they, they make the mistake and they, you know, without realizing it, they, they do something good. Um, not that we sound so cynical and jaded. We are the salty um, witches. We are the salty witches, yes. So it would seem to me, again, kind of with with those explanations that, cur- uh, excuse me, not curses, but binds and hexes um, really are, as far as their, their manifestation and their intent, they're really fairly neutral. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, I could see the benefit of using something like a bind or a hex, say, if you were dealing with someone that was a drug addict, mm-hmm. you know, and you were to either bind this person to say like, hey... No, no, no. You can't do this anymore, right, with the context or with the understanding and the intent that it would help them to recover, mm-hmm. right, or rehabilitate. Or, you know, similar with, like, you know, with a hex, you know, like if you go out and you get high again or you go out and you, you fall back into this pattern of behavior, these things will happen to you, mm-hmm. right? You know, um, so, so I, I think that that's a good thing to clarify, that, that binds and hexes really can be, uh, are, are fairly neutral, in, in energy you know as far as far as the the intent and the ways that you can use them um i'm gonna say not so with curses you know and i want to again i want to kind of clarify that because curses can be done for very good purposes mm-hmm. you know like i mean we as a coven and if this upsets any of you of listeners i'm very sorry it is not my intent to upset you or is it um but as a coven we we got together several several months ago and we did a curse on derek chauvin Mm-hmm. The cop who was responsible for George Floyd's death, yes, we did. and we, and the purpose of that curse was basically like, you're gonna suffer, you're gonna go to prison, you're gonna, you know, and um, and in that situation, I think all of us felt such a strong uh, sense of justice or a need for justice around that that particular uh, you know moment or or situation, and um, you know, and I, I feel it even though we worked an effective curse. Um, I just realized we, that
0: the working that that you're talking about is the one that I that I constructed
1: and and wrote out and then i was like oh i wasn't meaning for that to be a curse but that's what ended up happening yeah well but that's what you do right i mean i think i think a lot of your more well-intentioned spells end up kind of devolving into curses no because you're evil
0: i am not
1: um anyway but but in that situation i I, again i want to kind of say like like that was a curse that I, i really do feel was You know, really done for very good reason. So, again, still a curse in that we were deliberate about asking for some difficulty and pain and harm to come to this man who... This murderer, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and... Anyway. So. Let's see. Do you have anything you want to comment on that? I, I feel like...
0: I feel like curses... Curses do get a really bad rap, but curses can also be used. Like you, Obviously, they're there they're for a good reason. Okay. Um, a lot of more experienced witches will actually place curses on themselves. Now, what would be the purpose of something like that? To ensure that if attack comes towards someone or co- comes come towards that practitioner, that that curse activates on the person who sent a spell at them or decided to attack. Okay. Curses, very much like hexes, can be used as a preventative measure. Once again, contingency. Okay, yeah, there you go.
1: So, yeah. I wanted you to explain that a little bit, because I think that's actually something... That is common to in our tradition. Mm. That's something that we do. Most of the witches in our tradition will have something like that on ourselves. Where basically, if you do, if you do something to harm us, and it but, actually like, gets to us, yeah, yeah. You know, you're you're gonna you're gonna suffer for it, yeah. And we're we're not friendly when we do those particular kinds of curses because that's serious business. Like if you're gonna go to the extent where you're actually going to put a curse on yourself. You know, and it's not that the curse is harming us in any way, mm-hmm. you know, but that is still an energetic brand that we have to kind of carry, yep. you know. So I mean, so yeah, so we take those things very seriously. Um, all right, you you started to kind of go here with with what I wanted to bring up next, but but under what under what circumstances really do we want to resort to these kinds of workings? You know, um, I guess where where I'm going with that is that it would make sense to me, knowing that as witches we can't just walk the spiritual path. We also still have to kind of keep a foot in solid ground, Mm -hmm. right? So it would make sense to me that these kinds of workings really should probably be more within the realm of like kind of like the last resort, right? That we should do what we can to you know, have that conversation or to take care of whatever that situation would be in in a mundane Mm -hmm. kind of manner, if possible, because sometimes it isn't, right? Um, Before we resort to something Mm -hmm. like this. Um, But then I I also, even just earlier today, had a conversation with someone along the lines of like, you know, if you want to work a bind on somebody or a hex, you do that when you feel that is appropriate, right? So could you see or could you maybe give our listeners any additional guidance on like when when you really kind of have, have learned that this is... When, when is it appropriate to do these things? Like, is there really, to your knowledge, is there a rule on something like that?
0: No. I don't really have a rule on it. Um, which makes me sound like I'm just flinging hexes and curses and jinxes frivolously. Well, I did say you were evil earlier. I'm only a little that. evil. Only a little? Only okay. a little. All right. Um, but the reality of the situation is, is for as much harm as a hex or a curse or even a jinx or a bind can do, because there are binds that can actually cause harm, um... They
1: can also be very healing and cathartic for the practitioner, the person doing the spell. Yes. Yeah. Well, like, we we've seen that directly with the class you're teaching right now. You've had some people in that class who, you you asked your students, like, I want you to do a hex or a curse on someone who, in the past, harmed you, mm-hmm. someone who brought you you pain and, and hurt. And, and I could tell at the time that that assignment, when you gave that assignment to your students, I could see some people in that class who really struggled with that. Yep. They are like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to cast a, a baneful spell. I don't want to do a curse. I don't consider myself the kind of witch that would ever do this kind of magic. I mean, I had these conversations with a couple of your students. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I had I had, and a, I had a student drop because of it. There, well, there you go. Exactly. Because because they just weren't able to get past that, that belief. But then, mm-hmm. in the aftermath of that, the, the students that then were able to push through and, and actually do that, all of them have come back and have said, oh my god, I finally feel like I got some justice. I feel so closure. much better at closure. I, I don't have to carry mm-hmm. this anymore. Yep. You know, and it was it was amazing to see these these people who some of them had carried hurt for, for these things for years. Mm-hmm. Some of them. You know, and then and now and all of a sudden they're like, like oh my God, I just feel like I was able to really reclaim some power mm-hmm. here. You know, and yep. in a way that I, I, I didn't think I would ever be able to and in a way that I didn't think I would ever resort to. Yeah. You know, so um yeah, so I agree with you. I think that the, the, this kind of magic can be very empowering, and I think even historically you're going to find evidence. You know, a lot of these uh, these kinds of workings, these are things that were commonly done by, you know, the marginalized or people that were victimized in some way. Like even mm-hmm. within our own tradition, you know, we have the stories and the mythologies from the Mediterranean around uh, the Aradia, you know, Aradia, who, um, you know, who is, you know, I'm not entirely yeah, I don't know where I stand on on that. I, I really, you know, I don't really view Oradia as a as a an actual person. I think that Oradia is really probably more uh, well, like like Christ, right? Like uh you an know, archetype. like like a, yeah, an yeah. archetype or you know, like it's parable, right? It's mm-hmm. like, you know, but the whole message around Oradia was basically like this we're going to educate and give power to people who don't have it mm-hmm. or who have had it taken from yep. them so that they can bring some balance back to their lives and to their world, mm-hmm. you know? And I um you know and i think that that's something that we're seeing people be more more conscious of you know i
0: i agree um we've talked about this before in other podcasts where we as witches have different morals and ethics that we that we that we strive to adhere to or hold ourselves to mm-hmm. and so when you ask me the question when is it appropriate to perform baneful magic my response, I, I will always stand with, is when you feel you need to. Um, I do try and give my students and um, other people and clients who come in. I do give them the lecture of like, well, you want to make sure that it's actually justified, because for me, if it's not justified, it's not going to work. You could you could light all the destroyer candles you want and send them to, towards your ex. You could you could do all the narcissistic mirror head-burning spells that you want on your ex. But if they're not working, it's not because you're not doing it right or that the magic's not there. It's that there's probably something on your end that you're refusing
1: to actually accept and acknowledge. That's, That's very fair to mention because we've had a number of conversations with people and I'm thinking of a particular person that comes into the shop regularly, who is a bit of a problem person. And I just want to clarify, they they I don't believe they listen to this podcast. This really isn't their their kind of thing.
0: Well, but, uh, I mean even they do, they're not gonna know uh, it's about them.
1: <clears throat> well and you know and the last thing I you know, I'm not trying to um, yeah you know, I'm not trying to call anyone out or throw anybody under a bus here I, but I, you know but I, but this these are this these are the things we we interact with. we have these conversations daily here and you know it's the nature of our business as professional witches. um you know, but we have someone who who comes in somewhat regularly who is on a mission to work the, like uh, they I mean they want to kill someone. they are working curses and, and 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 sending baneful magic at someone um you know an ex- relationship partner. I mean, then they want this person dead. And, you know, and of course we're like, hey, we don't judge if that's that's what you need to do. You know, that's what you need to do. But, but in the con- course of conversation with this person, it's become very clear to all of us who have interacted with them that they are completely, like they are not accepting any degree of responsibility, mm-hmm. personal responsibility, yep. for why that relationship fell apart the way that it did. Why their life kind of imploded around that. And we know, we know through conversation with them that they were also, really at fault there. They did some really, like, fucked up stuff in that situation. And it's easier, I think, for people to uh, want to identify as the victim, you know, or to want to cast, maybe, maybe it would be better to say to cast someone else as the villain, rather than to look more closely at their own shit, you know, like, I could work this curse effectively and you know and it might be justified to some extent but but maybe it's not going to manifest in the way that you need it to because you haven't done your own work until you actually look at where you are complicit you're you're probably not going to be able to work mm-hmm. an effective curse well and on, and, on, and on top of that i'm a
0: firm believer that you can throw magic at a, at a mundane situation all you want but until the mundane factors have been handled and those sources exhausted, whether or not you believe that it's been handled the way it should, should have been, it's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. That,
1: that, that is very, that's very true.
0: And I also believe that sometimes there's a lesson that needs to be learned. And if you are not learning the lesson, if you are not learning the lesson from this situation, and all you're seeing is the pain and hurt that was caused to you and instead you're just going right to magical attack and it's still not working you need to take a step back and look at this look at the situation and see what what part of that situation can you learn from mm-hmm. and then once you've learned that and you've incorporated that into your life and your daily practice what's going to end up happening is you're going to see those spells you've been flinging will start to sink in. Mm. And they'll start to hit. And they'll start to activate.
1: And then they'll get hit by a bus, and you won't have to worry about them anymore. (laughs) Could you see, okay, I'm I'm gonna, I'm playing, I guess I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate here, because Mm -hmm. I, and and again, I don't wanna make it sound as though I'm I'm like, I'm like anti-hex or anti-curse, because like I said, I'm like you, I'm a baneful practitioner, and I do hexes and curses for people. but it, it would make sense to me, based on even some of what we were just talking about and some of the examples that we were sharing, um, that getting caught up in consistently working hexes, curses, you know, like like more destructive kinds of things, mm-hmm. more destructive kinds of, of magic. Um, getting caught up in these things is something that I, I could see could very easily trap whoever was trying to do that working into patterns of trauma. Yes, You know, like, it really is something, it it can really ensnare you without realizing it. And it can be kind of insidious Mm -hmm. the way that it does that. But you become so caught up in the need for revenge or Mm -hmm. justice, even if if it is a justified curse. Mm -hmm. You can get so caught up in your need for that, that it can prevent you from being able to really heal. Well, then
0: you get caught up, caught so far up in receiving what you feel, what you feel is justice, what you feel is warranted that this trauma and this situation becomes a part of your identity. Yeah. And then you're not going to be able to work effective magic towards this situation anyway, because mm-hmm. who are you without that trauma? Yeah,
1: that's
0: With, true. Without that ex who was absolutely atrocious, who abused you mentally, emotionally, and physically without that, who are you? Yeah. You don't know. Cause you've made your trauma so much a part of your identity. Mm-hmm. Um, that you're afraid to let go. So you just mm-hmm. continually hold on to it. Yeah. I, I have this conversation with, I've I had this conversation with one of my voice students, actually, mm-hmm. where he's like, there are people who will self-diagnose themselves with some form of mental illness, and that becomes their identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> I have social anxiety disorder. Okay, you have that, but that's not who you are. hmm and you let it rule and control your life. Am I saying that these things are not real? No. I'm very open about my mental illness. You know? I, I think pretty much... If you're a witch, you probably have some sort of mental illness. What?
1: I don't think that's... Okay, I'm going to disagree with you there.
0: Let, let me say this in the way that... that that how, how, I can, how I can bring that up. If you're a witch, you've probably suffered some sort of trauma. Mm. You've probably suffered some sort of trauma that has imprinted itself or made such an influence on you in your life you were your power
1: was taken away at some point i don't know if i would say that would be I mean, that seems like a blanket statement to me i don't know that i would say that of every witch i think maybe it would be more fair to say that if you are someone who is drawn to witchcraft it is likely that over the course of your life you've had experiences not necessarily traumatic but you've had experiences that have given you perspective that would put you on the outside of what most other people consider normal or common, as far as belief is concerned. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna counter that because I don't think I don't think the the desire or the, the the primary focus for why people become witches. I don't think that that is always trauma.
0: Oh no, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Are you sure? I'm not saying. It sounded. Like no, it. I'm not saying that you have trauma, therefore you become a witch. No, what, no, 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 no. What, what I'm it? saying, what I'm saying is, I've yet to
1: meet a witch who has not had some sort of trauma in them in their life. But is that that to me though? That's also kind of a chicken and egg kind of, a, or chicken or egg kind of a situation. Like, what came they first? Be, the did trauma? they become a witch because they were traumatized, or have they experienced trauma because they are a witch?
0: Either way, they have trauma.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's that. That's the whole point. Is that when you have trauma you have you've received you have been a part of a situation where you have felt disempowered, okay, witches are iconically disempowered or marginalized, which is why we work magic to gain power over those people and those situations that have marginalized or depowered us yeah, or removed power from us. am I making
1: sense or am I babbling
0: can it am be i both? getting
1: too am I getting too deep no I think you're good
0: because Basically, this leads me to your your trauma, your mental illness, becoming your identity. Okay. And that that shouldn't be... that That's going to prevent you from working effective baneful magic. Okay. If All you right. cannot let that situation go, and you're constantly focused on it and pumping energy towards it, you're not going to be able to work magic towards it.
1: Okay. No, you I, have no, to be I, able to set it for yeah, good. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. And, uh, yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why I also just say... Or tell people like if you're going to uh if you find yourself that you could be in a situation like that, that's that's when you probably need to maybe go and see someone else. Like if you really mm-hmm. need a curse time, that's when you probably see come and see someone like yep. Austin or I. And there's because we're no neutral. shame in it. We're 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 a neutral party and we'll do that for you effectively. Uh without the uh you know, the uh the trap of your of your personal traumas. Mm-hmm. Um You you we talked a little bit about um, you know, figuring out if these workings were justified or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always a, a big proponent of divination. Agreed. I, I always think that, you know, very often, because of even maybe some of the things that you were just relaying with personal traumas and our own perspective our perspective of things, our perception of things, which can sometimes be a little skewed, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think any of us ever really want to kind of see ourselves as the villain, right? Um, or at least, you know, complicit. Yeah. In... Or as the drama queen. Yes. Am I the drama I don't it think I'm a the drama. drama. Um sorry, I had that going through my head. Sorry. Anyway, um, but because of that though, um, we we very often I think are maybe not the best judge. Like we just as individuals are very often not the best judge for is is, is like a, a curse really justified right now or is a hex mm-hmm. really justified right now. You know, and so I think that's where I think uh, or where divination can be really beneficial. You know, uh, but again, clarifying, if you're going to do that, you probably shouldn't be doing that divination on your own. Yep. You need someone else to probably take a look at that for you because, again, your your interpretation of whatever that reading is going to be is probably also going to be a little twisted. Okay. It's going to be colored by your personal bias. Yeah. So, all right, cool. I just wanted to see if you were on the same page with me there. I figured you would be. Um, yeah. All right. We've, we've talked a lot about, you know things being justified or workings like this, baneful workings being justified. Um, let's talk a little bit about what happens when these things aren't justified. Okay. Okay. Now, again, every tradition and practice, every belief system out there is going to have different ideas on this. Okay? And um, I don't want to say... Okay. The The nice... You know, compassionate, wants to respect everybody's beliefs and ideas on this. Mike is going to say, we need to honor all of those. But Salty Witch Mike is going to say, a lot of that's bullshit. Um, And we can see that in practice, right? Like, we don't see if everybody that ever did something wrong to us got what they deserved. I mean, how often does that happen? right? It doesn't, mm-hmm. right? You know, um, so these concepts are these things that people say like karma and these kinds of things, like none of that shit really applies. It, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it can't, not in witchcraft. Anyway, um, but it's been my experience that if you send something like this, you, you send a curse at someone and it isn't justified, that really all that in essence is, is kind of just a waste of your time and your energy, uh-huh. It's like those those seem to be spells that kind of just like they fizzle before they even start, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't know if that has to do with the spiritual interflu- interference there, you know, right? Like, Like everybody has kind of their own spiritual kind of protection, right? Or guardians, whatever you want to call them, right? Or or if it just maybe does have something to do with some sort of universal law of balance, mm-hmm. right? I mean, who knows how that might work? You know, it could be all of that. But um, but it's kind of been my experience that a lot of people send a lot of energy at these kinds of workings. And, and it, as you were saying earlier, they don't stick. Not just because that person is maybe not taking responsibility for their shit, but because the person they're targeting really didn't wrong them in the way that they believe they did you know so i think that's something to consider and and along those lines i want to talk a little bit about is it wrong to do these things you know and i'm sure by now we're you know we're a half an hour into the episode so i'm sure by now anybody who's listening to this is going to understand that no we don't believe that it is wrong to do these things these are our normal these this is just another tool in your your witch's tool belt right mm-hmm. these kinds of workings but there are still these people out there in the community who try to police practices by throwing things like threefold law and Law of Return karma. and Karma and the wicked Reed and all this other shit at us basically to try to control us. And I think I said early on in the episode that a lot of those kinds of ideas are really, they're not native to witchcraft. You know, mm-hmm. they come from other spiritual beliefs and practices. A lot of them, you know, Christian or Abrahamic in origin, you know. Um, well, well, talk about that a little bit, though. <sighs> Let's, I mean, what, what's your idea on that, you know? On on the law of return, yeah, like these these concepts. I mean, can you can you see? I mean, just to kind of dig into. That I will say bit more. this. I will say
0: this. Coming from my my Wiccan background, um, the law of three, or law of return, is the one that I'm most familiar with. Um, I've never used the term karma because.
1: It doesn't jive with me. It's not part of my tradition. Well, and it's not witchcraft. It's not witchcraft. You know, um, if, if it's a part of you, if you're listening to this and you've, and karma is a part of your practice. You, real karma. You've chosen that. Yes. Because karma is not an inherent no, part is of not. any witchcraft no, it practice. No, not.
0: Um, I always, the way that the law of three was explained to me and now uh, and i know this is now wrong is it's it's a mindfulness practice it is okay so you're going to do that think about this think about it before you jump you know it's kind of like that the the whole take a deep breath before you speak you know is you might regret it and that's the thing that a lot of people i think are trying to get at is that you might regret doing this particularly if what you want to happen in that moment happens, um, which is why once again do a reading, see what type of curse or hex is justified, mm-hmm. um, or just take a minute and step back. And then after like a couple of days, if you're still fired up about it, okay, cool, you know. But that's how the law of three was explained um, to me. Okay. Now, as I've grown along my practice, done more history, done more research. Um, Ultimately, I looked at it and it was, it, it's a form of control. That's what it is. It mm-hmm. is, don't do this because I said so. And if you do what, if you go against what I say, then it's going to come back to you three times harder. Okay. Now, there might be some Wiccans listening, um, traditional Wiccans, who go on, who, who will go off on the threefold law. And I'm going to tell you that it's, not that you do a bind and then it comes back to you, comes back to you three times harder. That's not how that works. Um, as a traditional Wiccan, learning what I learned, that's not how the Law of Three worked. So if you want to talk about that, go ahead and shoot me a message. But I'm not going to discuss that here.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're always welcome to contact us through our social media links. Um, we're we're always happy to answer questions and clarify points that we've raised on our episodes mm-hmm. and also we, we always are willing to take suggestions for mm-hmm. future yeah. content and, and you know and, and talk about your yeah. questions on future episodes yeah. so um, so that's, that's where I'm at Is it's just another form of
0: control Okay. this idea that you can't do that because of XYZ or you shouldn't do this because of XYZ and would I be lying if I said that I've never hexed someone who's cut me off in traffic no No, I would be lying if I said that, particularly when that person who cuts me off in traffic is a Trump supporter.
1: Okay. All right. So, okay. Okay. So you, so you would be lying if you said that. I guess. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Never. Okay. okay. My words got
0: mismatched.
1: You lost Got mismatched.
0: Um, So, so yes, I have done that. But does that mean that it's warranted every single time? mm No. I have to take a step back. Mike knows this and everyone else who listens to the podcast and who's, mm -hmm. who knows me in person will know this. I'm pretty fiery what no i'm pretty fiery and when i get upset about something i i will go for it and it's not it's not nice to be on the receiving end of um
1: so i have to take it's yeah, step- definitely like a, a shoot first ask questions later kind of person i'll just try
0: and i'll aim for the kneecaps and then we can i can interrogate you later essentially um most
1: of the time though it just kind of hits you right in the head or the heart Oops. So I want to touch up upon something, or I want to talk a little bit about something that you raised, because I think that you, the way that you explained the threefold law, the original kind of interpretation of the threefold law, okay, um, or kind of the way you shared that, I should mm-hmm. say, at least. Um, I and, and this is, I think this is a good tidbit for anybody who is, you know, maybe looking at, you know, at their baneful workings, or if you're someone maybe who hasn't done that kind of spell work, but you're looking at maybe bringing that into your personal practice, um, and you should, because, because that's, that's that's how you can become a complete witch. Um, but um, regret, guilt, shame in response to a working, really any kind of working, not just baneful workings, but any kind of working is... A really great way to kill the intent and yep. manifestation of that spell. Yep. You know, and we've had that conversation with people. We've asked people, or I've told people, like, if you really wanted to curse this person, you're planning on cursing this person. Like, if you could go up to this person and actually shoot them and get away with it and not shed a tear, not feel guilty about that, would you do it? And most of the time, the answer is like, well, no, probably not. And then, and then our answer usually is, then you shouldn't do a curse. Yep. Because your regret and your fear around any potential consequence of that situation is is gonna kill that energy for you yep. um, and that's one of the other things that can cause a working like that to fail. But again, that would be true for any working. that's not just something that would be specific to baneful yep. workings but so so that is something to consider. Give um, any other any other little like spell tips for people with their. No, I can see your face, you're like, no, I got nothing. Um, I'm trying so, to let you lead it. so, so that you, way I don't so you need off. to be you need to be mindful of, of those things, I think, for sure because our, our, our personal beliefs and emotions will really, really impact our personal mm-hmm. spell work, right or what we're doing. if if we don't believe that that's gonna happen or if we think for some reason, even in the, just the tiniest shadows of our, of our minds mm-hmm. that that what we're doing is is wrong, that spell's a waste of your time. Mm-hmm. Don't even bother. Time, energy, and spell components. Yep, yep. Don't even bother. So, all right. Is there anything we haven't talked about with curses or hexes or binds?
0: I don't think so. I mean, I think we've kind of touched on the genera, genera,
1: genera. Gen- oh my God. Okay. Just hold that word. Okay. What's your favorite curse? Let's talk about. It. Now, don't give don't give full detail because the last thing we want to do is send somebody who might be listening this off with something that could, you know, be the bad kind of thing for maybe them for to know. Anyway, what's your favorite curse? Or how I would say, what are the mechanisms? Are we talking your... a curse hex binder? I'm talking a curse. Let's go. Let's go. Go big or go home, right? Um, what's your favorite mechanism? Maybe not your favorite curse, but your favorite mechanism or the logistics that you like to go to f- most for curses. I Or a binder hex. You know, why the hell not? Go, go binder
0: hex, use, whatever you want to choose. I, I, I use fire a lot. I use lots of candles for that. Um, I will incorporate other things into it, so I'll incor- incorporate poppets and sympathetic magic. <clears throat> but I'm very much, like, when I throw a hex or a curse, um, I'll start with a hex. When I throw a hex, it's a blast of energy. It's a blast of energy with very focused intent around it. Um, So I make sure that it's a pistol... Not a shotgun because I don't want to hit anyone else around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So once again, yeah, and that is
1: possible. It you, is possible. You can craft these kinds of spells and not have to deal with collateral damage. Mm-hmm. That was something I talked about on social media yesterday. I was because we always get this like, oh, every time you work a curse or a hex, there's always going to be unforeseen consequences. There's always going to be somebody else that could be hurt. And um, you know a lot of your good enough. Witch. I was going to say if you, you, there are ways where you can be, you, you are, and, and you need to be very careful when you're doing any kind of spell work. Right, you need to be very Mm -hmm. careful. You need to have that spell like that needs to be well thought out before you you sit down to cast. And you know, and that because of that there are ways that you can effectively work these kinds of spells without dealing with the collateral damage. So anyway, go ahead, I interrupted you. Sorry. Um so that's
0: a that, that that's a hex. I also like to use um I like to use sigils in my hexes. Okay. Specifically my hexes. All right. Okay. Um, particularly because I like to hex objects. So I will hex like my wallet. Mm-hmm. I've put a hex on my wallet. Okay. So that if what did your wallet do to piss you off? No, I put a hex on my wallet oh, so that okay. if it is stolen, ah. or if I drop it and leave it somewhere and picks it up and someone picks it up and they're dishonest, mm-hmm. it's not going to be a good time for them.
1: What about that time I picked your pocket? It's not going to hate you.
0: Why? Because you'll ultimately give me back my wallet. Oh, okay. We do live together. I guess that's true. Yes, yeah. you, you
1: would, you would, you would figure it out. Yeah, I would just.
0: Deal with it. I'd sit on you.
1: Ah. Okay.
0: That's fine. Right. Now a curse on the other hand, I I like to use I like to use candles for that, but I also like to really get my hands dirty and just make sure that curse is
1: delivered physically. Okay. So which is traditional, actually. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people these days I see like even, you know, people who come in and talk or people who are foolish enough to post their baneful workings online. Which is something I you know I'm gonna talk about that here. Um, in a minute. Okay. But traditionally, as you know, you you're you're a conjure worker. You 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 would if you were gonna do a curse you you wanted that person to know you've done a curse. Yep. Like you would take whatever the remains of that working were, and you would go and you would put, put it on their, their doorstep. doorstep, or you know exactly. So that um, is that is porch and doorstep conjure right there. There you go. You know, and of course, you know we obviously we're not, we're not telling people that you should do that if you do a baneful working. You don't go do that because you know now we have all these laws. You know, you don't want somebody to have you arrested for trespassing or anything. But um, that's why you do it smart. Well, exactly, right. You know, you need to be smart about these things, but uh, yeah. Anyway, I just I noticed that that's something that's quite a bit different now. Like mm-hmm. that's not something that really happens a lot anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, except for I can I can come back with that because they're posting their stuff online. Mm-hmm. They're posting it in hopes that that person sees it.
1: I mean, maybe they're posting it in
0: hopes that that person will see it, and thus the other people who see it then charge that spell. Uh, although I will say. I'm getting sick and tired of y'all abusing lemons. Yeah. Okay. Y'all don't know what the hell you're doing with them. Yeah. Putting some cinnamon on a lemon is not a curse. No. That's actually a really good way to keep your wallet full, though. So true. So, but I I want the person to know if I'm gonna, if if you have hurt me and upset me to the point that I'm going to curse you. I want you to know it was me. Hmm? I want to look you in the eyes after you've had that horrible health experience and have been in the hospital for three months and you just barely got out. I want to look you in the eyes and say, How's your heart? You like to gloat. I want people to know that you don't fuck with me or the people that I love and care about. All
1: and right. it works really, really well so far. Well, I mean, so far, right? But, you know, you know yeah, anyway. I think there's, there's a, there's a, there's a need for some, you know, I, I mean, there's always a need for discretion as well, right? I mean, there's um, yes, to a point. Yes, to a point, exactly. You know, in every every circumstance and every working will be different. Mm-hmm. Um, going back really quickly to the online thing or people who share details, even sometimes, again, down to visuals of their workings. Um, and again, I'm not just talking with baneful workings. This is really any kind of working. Um, unless that working is meant to be kind of like a public kind of thing or a community kind of thing, um, you really probably don't want to go around sharing too much of your personal spell work mainly because and this is gonna this is gonna sound really paranoid and I'm not a paranoid kind of person but if you share enough details of your personal working and you're dealing with somebody out there who for whatever reason is also uh, you know decides that they take a dislike to you you know and they are are an experienced, which they're gonna probably have a pretty good ability to gauge where you're at with your practice and what you're likely to do should they decide they want to send something nasty your way. Um, Austin and I, you know, you can back me up on this, and I mean, and it's not just us; lots of other witches. We can look at this a spell that someone else has done, and and very quickly with just a few details of that spell, we can say this is what this spell was for. Yep. And this would this was this herb. This is why you did this. This is why this particular color candle. We can we can look at something like that and we can say, You did this, this is what this is. Yep. And if for some reason I wanted to try to work against you on this, or I wanted to try to screw this this thing that you're doing oh, up it'd be for easy. you. Now I know exactly what I need to do. And it's not just exactly um, what
0: I need to do, but also
1: like I'm gonna judge your spell
0: work hardcore at that point. Oh like well, like you shouldn't be no, like this the people. This wasn't an
1: opportunity to judge. No, this those was... people
0: who were putting a black candle in a lemon and then sprinkling it with cinnamon and be like, don't "Come for me." I'm like,
1: first off, you, you, that's, so that you've raised. You, that's the second time you brought that up. So is this something you've seen recently? I
0: have seen. I, I see this all over social media. People automatically
1: well, go straight to the lemon curse say, because things on social media are, are because, almost
0: always bullshit. Because lemons are easily accessible, and in most folk magic practitioners, lemons are used to sour. Okay, cool, awesome, good for you. You're adding cinnamon, which is a sweetening agent, and a fairly positive herb. Yeah, you can kind of gear that herb to a shadow self, well, like a is like good side. cinnamon is for just
1: power. Yeah, like you know,
0: and then like you're doing this, and you're pointing it all over there, and I'm like, okay, cool. So, first off, you cut the lemon wrong. Like, you really want that lemon to stick in there and act as a candle holder. You probably shouldn't have cut it lengthwise. Just saying. So it, there's just a whole thing that goes on there, and then it, it's just so frustrating.
1: It's just so frustrating. I can I can see I can see how very frustrated you are with this. I don't right have now. the energy for it. Yeah, and, and I understandably. Um. All right. Sorry, that was a, a little bit of a that was a tangent. A Sorry, a bit of a tangent there, but that's that's okay. Anyway, those are fun things to, to, but, to. but yes, if you
0: if you're posting your shit all over line, people like Mike and I, more well-learned, well learned, what I don't I wouldn't say more well learned, but well learned practitioners, people who've honestly studied their craft, studied history, studied these things for years and years and years, are going to be able to look at that, pick it apart, and go, cool. Well, it's not going to work anymore. So
1: well, that or. Or at the very least, we'll know what it is you've, you've done. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's, you know, that alone is not a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you, particularly if you're working a spell that you want to kind of keep, you know, quiet, you you don't want other people to be able to just go, oh, this is what you're up to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yeah, so do be mindful of that. If, if there are any of you out there who like to share details of your spells, um, yeah, think twice. Think twice before you, you, you just so freely put that out there. Um, are there any other, like... Spell specifics that you'd like to share. I like the I like the tongue hex. To be honest, I always thought that that one's kind of an. I I
0: like right? the tongue hex too, except for I take it a step farther. And if you're if you're gonna make me play with dead animal flesh, it's
1: gonna be a curse. Yeah, you yeah, know I get you. Well, I mean the, that one is one that you could use for a curse. Well, actually, to be honest, you could use that for a bind a hex or a curse. Really Why not on... all
0: rolled into one? Well, exactly right. Well, then
1: that's essentially like, isn't that just a curse? Um. Anyway, I'm I'm digging that one though. I like I like, that I like curses that involve uh, or or workings hexes and workings that involve um, like deteriorating things or like mm-hmm. things that rot. Well, I kind of like that because to me my... for me that's a natural that's kind of a reaching for like a natural process because everything in nature ha- at sooner at some point is going to start to deteriorate and rot, and so it just speaks like... to the natural cycle of things. Particularly when I'm trying to end something. Well, I like poppets too. Uh,
0: particularly, particularly, um, it's, this is more of a conjure, a conjure kind of thing. You'll find it in other various cultures and other practices as well, but a meat poppet. Yeah. Making either a cooked or raw meat poppet, putting all that stuff in there, naming it for that person, and then setting it outside.
1: Yeah, just letting the... Letting, letting it ride, letting, letting the animals go at it. Yeah. Yep, that's
0: a really easy. That's a really very effective curse. Mm. Um, also very effective, just kind of attack. Um, I like to use bones and yeah.
1: livers. Yeah. Yeah. Anything like that? The, I think anything that we would identify with the physical body, even physical body of an animal, is mm-hmm. always I think going to be an appropriate. Uh, item mm-hmm. for a working like this. But any working as well, right? These are these are items that you could use for other things. We've used to utilize bones in healing workings yep. and things as well. So, yeah. Alright. Kind okay, of cool. Anything else we want to talk about where curses are concerned? Or binds or hexes?
0: Actually, let's talk about, yeah, a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about logistics and kind of using using critical thinking while doing these things. Because I had someone come into the shop who wanted to do a sour jar and they were going to do a sour jar on one person and another person. But they were going to do it at the same time. Like, like don't try and do too much at once. Don't yo-yo your energy.
1: Ah, so, for okay. example,
0: if you're going to do a sour jar on one person, that's not a banishment. That's that's not a banishment. A Sour yeah. Jar is not going to get rid of someone for you. Yeah. What a Sour Jar is going to do is going to effectively just kind of surround them in bad luck. Mm-hmm. It's going to make things in their life not go so well, yeah. you know, stuff like that. That yeah. is what a Sour Jar is. And honestly... With a sour jar, you kind of want to keep that person close, so you can continuously feed that sour jar. Jars need to be fed. Yeah, you don't just set the jar and forget it. Yeah, you have to feed it. If you are doing a working like that, that is prolonged, that is meant to entrap that individual, mm-hmm. that's one of the very few workings where you don't just set it and forget it. You yeah constantly kind of go back to it and yeah. you shake that jar up and um and or or get you, you, you spit on that poppet or whatever. You know whatever it is, so you have to think
1: very critically when you're doing these things. yeah, that's true. you do. you need to kind of consider the the instrument, the delivery and um, and particularly for something like that, you mentioned jars and poppets. I mean, those are um, those those are definitely sympathetic. Uh-huh. strongly sympathetic types of magic. most most magic is most most effective magic will be sympathetic magic in some form. Um, and uh, yeah, and you do really need to kind of consider what those things are embodying or how they are representing your intent and, and the the outcome of that spell. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And and the effectiveness in which you're doing it. Like you don't want to if this person lives in your house with you and you put and you put them in a sour jar, that's probably gonna splash over onto everyone else in
1: the house yeah but yeah that that would be a good example i think of of collateral damage unintended collateral damage yeah. because if that person's life goes to shit and they're in your home you're gonna be feeling some of that mm-hmm. absolutely yeah good point yeah hm all right shall we switch gears yeah all right what are we loving and hating and or and or hating in our community right now?
0: I kind of already talked about what I'm loving. I'm loving. I, I'm loving the. Um, I'm loving the new hex-positive culture that I'm seeing. Okay. I'm loving that people aren't being so afraid of performing baneful magics and working with those types of things because they're innate to witchcraft in mm-hmm. all traditions. Yeah. Um, e- even even if you cl- if your tradition claims they aren't. I guarantee, if you sit and you look at some of the workings for justice, they are a baneful working. There's, there's no. There, there. Someone said something to me the other day, and I told them, "I'm like, yeah, well, you may only practice light, man, light. You know, you walk the path of light, but the brightest light also casts the biggest shadow."
1: Yeah, that's very true. So you have to be very aware of that. I was having a conversation with someone along those lines a while back, and and it was funny to me because I was talking about. Um, you know, like archaeological, like historical evidence that had kind of confirmed, like, oh, yeah, this particular practice did involve baneful working, you know, like mm-hmm. curses were commonly done, you know, like there, there's there been evidence, actually, like physical evidence that had been discovered, you know, um, and this person's response was, well, we've evolved as people, we're not like that anymore, we we know, we know we don't have to do those things, and I almost laughed in this person's face, because I'm sorry, I look at the world right now, and I don't think we've evolved As far as our baser instincts, as far as our our anger, our our fear, our need for revenge. Lack of compassion. um, As far as those things are concerned, I don't think we've evolved. In fact, I think in some ways we've actually gotten worse. worse. We are more primitive now in some ways than we were... Thousands of years ago, you know, and, um, so no, so I crack up when I hear conversations or when I, when I, I find myself involved in talks like that, we're like, well, we've evolved it's like, no, no, we haven't. We're all still basically just selfish, angry animals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and again, that might sound really cynical and I'm not trying to make that sound cynical. You know, we are animals, you know, we are our physical fur bearing milk producing animals. That's, that's what we are. You know, we're a little more intelligent. We have a slightly different form of consciousness. We have opposable thumbs. I think, yes, we have opposable thumbs. Um, you know, and so we are different in some ways. We mm-hmm. have evolved, you know, if, if only physically, um, you know, and, well, of course, mentally. But, um, you know, but we are still, we are still. We Indoor do plumbing, still, air conditioning. We do still have that baser, primal component of our being. And, you know, and as witches, I think it's important that we honor that. We need to honor that, just as we honor the higher aspect of our being, right? Our higher self, or you know, the the logical and analytical component of our being. You know, we have to we have to be able to see that it's all just part of what and who we are, and it all has value, you know. And we have to work with those aspects of ourselves in the best ways possible, mm-hmm. right? But we we can't turn away from the fact that we are going to have that we're going to feel anger and that we're going to have, that we're going to experience fear and that we're going to have selfish moments. Those are, those are just very human things. Um, yeah. Anyway. So, all right. Anything, anything else you're, well, well, what I'm, what I'm
0: hating. So I did what I'm loving, which was really cool. Yeah. I have something positive. Um, what I'm hating is once again, the, the protection bullshit's coming up. Mm. And it has just, it has gotten gone off the walls and the fear-mongering. I mean, there was, there, there was someone saying that they keep having dreams and signs and symbols. Something bigger's coming and so everyone needs to protect. And I'm like, if you're having those dreams, those dreams are for you. You do not speak for me. You do not speak for my spirits. Yeah. You do not speak for where I'm living.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You don't live anywhere near where I'm living. So maybe you should be focusing your intents on your area. Yeah. And and it's very frustrating that I you still have to have this conversation with people around protection. D- I, the fact that I have to clarify that, yes, protection, magic is something that I encourage people to learn. It's something that you need to know. Yes, but I have to clarify that because of my very strong opinion that that's not the first thing you should fucking learn.
1: Yeah.
0: The first thing you should learn as a witch is how to ground yourself. How to ground the area around you. hmm how to center your energy. Yeah, basics of energy. Yeah. You need to know the basics of energy in order for you to even properly shield. Yeah. Even if that's just projecting the bubble of fire around you, you still have to know how to project energy. Yeah. And you don't know how to do that and you won't know how to do that if you don't know how to ground. Grounding is much more protective and much more effective than just creating wall after, wall after wall after wall after wall after wall of energy than of all those walls of energy. Because if in- negative energy is coming at you and you're grounding it, you're acknowledging that it's there and you're letting it go. Mm-hmm. So we we already have a podcast on it and I just it, it just frustrates me because there's so many people fear mongering over it. Yeah. Just like there are people who fear monger over spirits. Yeah. I feel a spirit in my house. <gasps> you have to cleanse or hear me out. Mm-hmm. You could just talk to it and tell it that if it's not going to pay rent or participate, it can leave. Yeah. So that's what's irritating me is there's this, there's this new uprise with people who think they know what they're talking about, who have huge followings on social media. And then when a little voice like mine
1: pops up and is like, actually, no, it's like, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, I think that's going to be something that we always deal with, because every time that happens, we're dealing with, like, a new wave or a new generation of witches. Mm. And I think every new generation of witches always thinks that it's the smartest and the one with the most answers, you know. And then the older generations, you know, I hesitate to use the word elders, because there are so many people in our community that have identified themselves as elders, and they're They're fucking not. not, um, They have not earned that. They do not live that.
0: They haven't earned it, live that, and they're Um, not part of a tradition exactly. that I practice. Exactly. Therefore, they are but, not an elder to but me. But I've noticed,
1: uh, as is is the case, I think, in any subculture, community, you know, belief, whatever you want to call witchcraft or, or the community around that, that every new generation kind of comes onto the scene and immediately starts to discredit or, or sometimes silence in, you know, the prior generations mm-hmm. and their contributions, you know? And, and that's not always the case. I realize that's a fairly extreme... Uh, you know, kind of a thing to state. But um, but I've noticed that, though, and I think that's one of the reasons why we continue to have these discussions on things like, like, you said I was learning to protect first. Like, I, I know what you're talking about. I agree with you. So it's kind of ridiculous. I, well, I
0: don't get it. I, I just, it doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Using critical thinking, using your critical thinking skills, you need to learn how to do a protection spell. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what you're going to do is you're going to put a line of salt across your doorway. That's not a protection spell. This yeah. isn't fucking supernatural, okay? Uh.
1: I'm so sick of people confusing science fiction and pop culture with witchcraft.
0: It's so frustrating, you know, or, well, if you envision a bubble of light around you, okay, that's a very basic form of shielding. But Mm -hmm. once again, if you don't have control of your energy, you're not going to be able to do that. Yeah, that's true. And it's very frustrating because people aren't seeing that, like, there's a step before you need to do it.
1: Yeah.
0: So, anyway, that's what's bothering me. All
1: right.
0: What's grinding your gears about witchcraft?
1: Um, I I also have a, a love and a hate this this oh, good. this time this episode. Um, I want to talk about what I'm I'm hating right now, um, mainly because I saw a situation like this blow up with someone else that um, is an acquaintance within the witch community. I'm I'm really starting to see a lot of the UPG pop up again. Ugh. Oh. with Somebody is saying, you know, you know, basically speaking, like my personal experience and my beliefs, my feelings are now everyone else's reality or should be. And I, I have a huge problem with that because there are situations where there is information readily available to disprove what this person is saying, you know, scientific Historical, archaeological, anthropological, whatever it is, there is information available that disproves what this person is saying, you know, and I think that in a the world that we're in now, because of a number of reasons, because we are trying to be everybody's very PC now. Which is great. Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with being politically correct. Um, you know, and everybody, I think, well, I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people within the community now, they're trying to be so sensitive about, you know, respecting differences. You know, they're, everybody's trying to be so sensitive about respecting people who are, you know, somewhere on the neurodivergent spectrum, people who are, you know, different in whatever way, you know, and the experiences of these people, you know. And in the process, I think that we have forgotten that, even though this person might somehow be different or marginalized in some sense, they're still just as capable of saying something that is fucked up and wrong, particularly when it comes to witchcraft as a practice and their personal experience being the reality and the truth behind. I'm, ju- I'm just
0: gonna say this. everyone's um, entitled to their opinion or their opinion but that doesn't make their opinion correct.
1: Well, you know, and the thing is that some opinions are, are correct, you know. I, I, you know, have had conversations with somebody where they'd be like, well, this is my opinion. And based off of all of the verifiable information that is out there, again, scientific, historic, whatever, you know, based on all of that, you I can say your opinion is absolutely correct, you know. But then there are other people who are like, well, this is what I feel. And it's like, well, I'm sorry, but your feelings don't mean shit. Because this 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 and this says that your feelings are wrong. you know And I don't know how we can't get past the concept of this in witchcraft and spirituality when it's very clear in other types of situations, right If somebody walks up to you wearing a white hood and they start to spout off about how you know evil wrongs you know whatever it is, whatever horrible ignorant, bigoted, hateful thing they might have to say about a black person or someone else in some sort of marginalized community, we we get that right? We can look at that person and say, everything that comes out of your mouth is bullshit. And wrong. And wrong. And you could not be more ill-informed or full of hate. And kindly kindly go kill yourself. You know, Um, we can understand it in that context, but we can't seem to grasp the same context in the witch community in that you don't get to just say whatever you want. You Mm -hmm. don't get to just say, like, this is what I've experienced, and so this must be what's true for everyone. It's like, no, 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 no. Back the fuck off go back to church. you know, And so that's kind of what I'm not too happy with right now. I'm seeing this UPG's arguments about unverifiable or unverified personal gnosis coming up again consistently within the community. I've seen like two or three situations, even just in the last couple of days, where somebody has said like, oh, this, this is it, blah, blah, blah. And someone else that's educated... And experienced in whatever that subject is comes back and said, well, actually, historically, but, you know, and this has been proven, you know, and it is not the person in that situation that is like talking shit that is the one that people jump on. It's the person that's like, actually, I can prove that you're wrong. That's the person that gets the grief. Mm-hmm. Everybody comes for that person like, well, you shouldn't judge. Or well, you you're don't know. You're gatekeeping. You can't base that off of blah blah blah. It's like, what? you mean I can't base this off of actually proven historical facts and, and information? Oh, you're right. I'm so sorry. You know, and so, so that's what I'm not happy about. If I look at a fire um, hydrant and it's red, and someone else
0: looks at it and says, "Well, I feel that it's blue," it's still red. You're wrong. You that, can feel and that, and that person is colorblind. M- maybe. Except for most people who are colorblind will admit that they're colorblind and they don't see that color. You know, they'll actually admit to like that.
1: Yes. Um what I'm loving right now um is going to sound odd because it's it's something that I'm loving based off of something that I I wasn't loving a while back, but I'm I'm kind of loving that We've cycled through, and I'm sure these things will pop up again, because as you were just saying, and as I was just saying, this is how the community works, but I'm glad to see, like, all the the, the fervor and all of the, like, um, well, just wrong information and, and ideas out there around, like, Moldavites and... The, that ridiculous tying two candles together to cut a cord shit that everyone was doing. Cord cutting. I'm glad to see that a lot of that stuff has started to kind of go away at least as far as conversation is concerned. People could very much still be doing that shit in the privacy of their own homes, which is fine because then I don't have to deal with it. But uh, but I've noticed that that those these trending things, you know, and I'm sure you know the reality is, is that we're just on to new trends now, right? There's some other miracle stone that's going to completely change your life, and mm, my some other desert glass or whatever. Oh god. Anyway, so I'm, but I'm noticing that though, and I'm quite happy about that. You know, I I really like to see um, at least the majority of the people in our community, um, you know, kind of get wise to something like that, right? Realize like, oh wow, yeah, I kind of bought into this trend and ugh, maybe not my best moment, you know? And so, anyway, so I'm enjoying that. I always love to see people kind of waking up just a little bit around those things. Yeah. It encourages me. In my, 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 my cold, dark heart, it encourages me that there are, is still some, some people out there that are like, yeah, I'm actually interested in the truth. Because the lie is easy. What do we always say? There is no easy button in witchcraft. Thank you, right? Moonwillow Ari. Yes, yes. Moonwillow did not join us tonight. Um, she was she was busy. She's doing domestic things. I think she said. Anyway, you have anything else you want to add? I think I think we're at an episode here. Hex responsibly. No, and the reason
0: I say that is because there are certain ingredients out there that while they make for good, baneful work, doesn't mean you should be touching them. Learn how to actually fucking hex first. I'm not saying protect. You don't need to protect yourself when you're doing a hex. It's stupid. But I am saying that you need to know how the logistics of it's going to work. So if you're going to practice baneful magic, which I encourage everyone to, you know, add that to your practice. If you feel ready and appropriate. Um... And hex responsibly. Get some good books on it. Don't just do what you see on Pinterest or or TikTok oh, or please't or, please don't do or Instagram spells. or anything like that. Get some good books. So if you want to learn more about Baneful Magic, there are a couple of books I'm going to list off for you. Okay? Um, the first book, which is absolutely 100% awesome, is Dorothy Morrison's Utterly Wicked. Okay. Utterly Wicked is such a great book. Dorothy Morrison is a conjure practitioner and and she honestly really knows what she's talking about. She's the owner of Motor City Hoodoo Oils, I think, or Conjure City Hoodoo Oils, or Conjure City Oils, or something, Um, and she has good recipes and spells in there. She talks about the ethics, she talks about, you know, when is it appropriate, when are you just being overly sensitive and a drama queen, so on and so forth. So, Utterly Utterly Wicked by Dorothy Morrison is a really, really good book if you want to start looking into that.
1: Is there another one? You said you had another one.
0: Um The Power of Hex is alright. I was wondering
1: if you're gonna mention that one. The
0: Power of Hex or The Joy of Hex, whatever it is. It's the Power of Hex. Um, is a good book. Understand that it is very fluffy. Um it is very fluffy, but it is a very good
1: starting position to help ease you into Yeah, that would be how I would call that one. I would call that one like like a good um beginner. Yeah. You know like if you've never considered baneful working or incorporating that into your practice, that's a good book to kinda like get your toes wet.
0: Yeah. Um it'll get your toes wet. It talks about different things and it helps give you an idea of how they work. Yeah. Um and then oh God there's a third book but I can't remember it. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um actually actually um The Magic of Marie Laveau. So I've not read that one. It's a really good book, and the reason I say this is um, why why I'm using it in terms of baneful magic is because it puts things in perspective of a conjure worker or a hoodoo practitioner. Uh, you get lots of history about Marie Laveau, um, and 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 the author has done her research. But near the end of the book, there are several different passages and chapters on different types of conjure. And she goes over porch conjure, death conjure, all this other stuff. And she actually talks about how Marie Laveau was painted as this baneful working practitioner. And really, Marie Laveau was what most witches are striving to be in their community, which is, I'm here to help you. Uh, that means to heal or that means to bring justice to a situation or or if that means if that means you need a little extra cash so I'm gonna give you some money gregree you know whatever that is um, but then she also had some other more nefarious things she did so I'd say that's a really 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 good book because it talks about how um, how a lot of curses and hexes and baneful work is actually just psychological it's psychological warfare yeah. So, if you if you'd be interested in that, if that strikes your fancy, then I I'd, I'd suggest that. But other than that, okay. utterly wicked and empowering <clears> hex. <throat> all
1: right.
0: Cool. I'm sure there are more books out there. I'm. Just type well, in. I'm
1: sure there are a lot of books out there that, that will include baneful magic in them, but but none that it would probably specialize specialize or be as specific to yeah. those practices as perhaps a couple of those that you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, all right. Well, thank you for sharing those books. Yeah. With us, and I think we're gonna um, sign off. We're going to sign off. So Mm -hmm. thank you, everybody, for uh, listening to us talk for the last hour and and 13 minutes. Um, We hope that, as always, the information that we discussed is of of help to you in your own practice. And uh, do stay tuned for uh, uh, another episode coming up in the next week or so. Um, And as we mentioned earlier in the episode, do feel free to contact us if you have any questions or would like us to clarify any of the subject matter that we discussed. We are uh, always excited to hear from you. So. Anything else, Austin? Stay safe, stay healthy, stay witchy. All right, yep. Good night, everybody. Good night.